0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Wonder Women Wind Down. I am here virtually with my crew, my family, got Charles and Lisa.
1: What's up, everybody?
0: Hello. So listen, we were just sitting here talking about, Lisa and I were talking about this weather. Uh, We were talking about all kinds of stuff, riding, bumping prints today. How's everybody's day? How y'all day been today?
1: Lisa, you first.
0: Um, I, you know what? I
2: had a great day. Besides the rain and having to pull over because I can't see when it rains so hard, I actually had a good day. Um, I'm i I'm gonna just say I had a good day. I love oh, that.
0: I, I do. I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you had a good day and that you made it home okay. What about you, brother?
1: Thank you. Uh today was really good. I actually had a, a very good conversation uh with a young man about some some I call it purpose talk. Um and, and my purpose walk. So I actually had a really, really good day, kinda, you know, set me in the right direction on a couple of things. So I'm I'm excited. Today was good, tomorrow's gonna be even better.
0: I love it. Uh, yes. I indeed. love it. I had a great day as well. I feel feel a little bit tired now. That's just because my eyes are dry. But when I I tell y'all earlier today, I just was feeling Prince. So I got on Michigan Avenue. I was going to the dentist today. Got on Michigan Avenue and all of a sudden, I don't know what I was listening to. And I was like, I feel like listening to Prince. I threw on Prince, Little Red Corvette. Then I had
2: Raspberry Beret. Raspberry
0: Beret. Beret, 1999. <laughs> then I was like, oh, then I started getting hyped. I rolled all the windows down. My little ponytail was blowing in the wind. <laughs> I
1: I'm out. dead.
0: <laughs> it was blowing in the <laughs> wind, and I mean, I was just feeling Prince today. So I guess I, okay. I guess I missed his birthday a couple of days ago, so, you know, all right, rest in heaven to our dear Prince. And um this was a belated birthday celebration for him. But that music just made me feel so doggone good. So it, it definitely was a good day for sure. So it's been a couple weeks since we got together and we had our Facebook uh our Facebook live community <laughs> talk. And I think I think it went well. Like we had a lot of positive feedback, um, a lot of engagement. I mean, shout out to um, brother Charles and his his friends and his his um, social circle they were very very engaged so definitely have to give them a shout out and thank them for watching. How do you Absolutely. guys think that uh? Our, how do you guys think our Facebook Live chat went last week?
1: I loved it. Um,
2: I think it went well.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed it because I felt that connectivity right like I feel that we truly it with people in the moment like doing podcasts mm-hmm. are great like you know people get to hear a different perspective even talking amongst us right like we're getting different perspectives but it's something mm-hmm. different when when you speak and you're getting that instant connection and feedback and input yeah for sure what
0: about you Lisa
2: um, you know, I think that, um, to see, to see open conversation live, I think is, is, um, intriguing to people. It it captures the interest, you know what I'm saying? Like, again, podcasts are good. Um, but I think just going live and having people, uh, be able to send their comments and then like, I like how Charles was able, was able to, you know, answer some of their questions or give us their feedback while we were doing the live. I thought the um interaction from the audience was amazing. Yeah,
0: for sure. And I have to say, I'm not one that's um that has gone Facebook live. You know, I like I never would go Facebook Live or I've like, never
1: done either. That was my first time.
0: First time. But, first time, but me too. it opened it, but it, it actually opened me up to say, wow, this is kind of cool. So You know, you guys know I love music. So now I've just been doing random lives if I'm in the car playing music. (laughs) And people probably be looking like, what is she showing us? Oh, just the name of the song. I'm doing my own little uh, impersonation of uh, uh, D-Nice when I'm doing playing my music on Facebook Live.
2: (laughs) Nothing wrong with it, (laughs) cuz.
0: But uh, but no, but I think the Facebook Live went well. I think it... um, I got some feedback from some people too. And it's funny at the different um, people and how, how interactive with social media they are, because some people were Mm like, Oh, Michelle, I saw you guys. I wasn't really sure how to comment or I wasn't really sure if you were going to see it, but you know um, I saw you. And then some people were like, wow, I wish you were more, I wish you were more engaged. I dropped a comment to see if you would respond um or see that I was on there but I wasn't because Terry had my phone. So I think it's a great learning experience um and and definitely if it's something that we like to do it, it definitely gave me some ideas and of how to make it more engaging and how to do it a little bit better. So um I thought it was cool. I thought it was really cool but more importantly, I thought our content was good. I thought it was heartfelt. Um I thought it was very relevant to everything that we've been going through in our community and You know, even tonight, I just want to, you know, we're just going to talk a little bit more about that, but just some different perspectives and even talk about some current events that have happened since then. I want to talk a little bit about protesting, you know, protesting that's been going on, how it's been, you know, how impactful it's been. Um, Wow, so much on social media and commentary about Black Lives Matter versus all lives. Um, That discussion, you know, blacks and their relationships with the police and, you know, even just our our friends and and family and allies in the white community and how supportive they've been and just they're hearing their voice and um, wanting to see justice and equality. And, you know, Charles and I were talking and he was talking about something um, that he saw on social media that kind of sparked the conversation called the Karens in America, which was new to me. Um, that was a, a new a new way or a new expression to me. so um, so let's get into it. Well first up, let's talk a little bit about the protest and Charles, I'm gonna turn it over to you. I um, I love me I, I just love hearing you talk about this stuff and I know it's something very near and dear to your heart near and dear. Uh, you, and you actually just attended a protest. I the did other day. so yeah, so tell us a little bit about that your experience and the impact that you think the protests are making on this cause for equality and for, and for, and for black lives to get the, the, the humanity, the respect of humanity that they deserve.
1: Yeah. So So I have to say,
0: deserve. excuse me, we deserve. Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. So, you know, it's one of these things where, you know, we see the protest, right. And let's, let's break it down to like the actual factual after our facebook live right remember we spent what another two hours watching a test mm-hmm. right that, that was, was crazy the,
0: yeah. Right? yeah
1: Like we ended a protest and we just happened to get on facebook and i said do you see, do you see what's happening right now right and we watched the protest day one In the making, the very first Mm -hmm. one in Detroit, which was on the brink of so much more, where, in fact, a 19-year-old from, I want to say, Belleville was shot. And there's so much conspiracy that's going on around that, which then created this, uh, this rhetoric and narrative of these protests are really riots and looting. And, again you know, uh, for the entire BOTS crew, we say that we do not condone and we do not hope to influence anyone to go out and loot and do anything destructive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Agreed. There's, there's a difference between protesting, rioting, and looting. And Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel that I have a responsibility, right, as a Black man in this world who believes in equality a father to a daughter um who has had some experiences if i'm going to speak on certain subject matter in hopes to be a subject matter expert i also have to walk it like i talk it literally um so I walk to Walk it like I talk it. Walk oh, it sorry, like I had talk it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to make sure that, like, if I'm going to speak on it, I want it to be there. And I took the time to really, like, do the research to find out, like, where were the protests happening? The great news is it's all around the world. Like, it's happening everywhere, not just the U.S., every continent. And here in the U.S., every state. Every state has had protests here in Michigan. I mean, it's everywhere from Detroit to Canton, Plymouth, Livonia of all places, mm-hmm. how of all places. And a lot mm-hmm. of these have such a history um, of lack of diversity and you're seeing mm-hmm. and absolutely. So I have to say, you know, I wanted to go, cause I wanted to go to have the experience, to support a cause that I believe in, but I wanted to do it at home. And so as much yeah. as I love the city of Detroit, I was born in Detroit. I was raised half of my life in Detroit, but Canton is home. Canton mm-hmm. is your,
0: Kenton is your. how do you That's, say Listen, Kenton, he holds Canton down, he okay? On this is my, city. is my city. This is
1: my that city.
0: city. In Canton? This is his city
1: hey i'm keeping it with you. so i wanted to because like i'm invested here my daughter's invested here and i want us to have an experience we, we, just,
0: we just we just messing with you brother we oh, know that hey, it's all love you, you know I, you, I, were so, I, you were so you were so you were so passionate about it all i needed in the background was a rap song he to hear you say like this is my city I hey i mean all- we were like we were just about to start leaning with it, rocking with it, we'll release it. I was already
1: moving I might be the trick trick at Kent, but that's a whole other story.
2: <laughs> you know what?
1: But <laughs> my, my point with. is I wanted I wanted to go where I was invested. And I have yeah. to I have to say I was so incredibly proud to I saw be, the video, yeah. Yeah, you know, to be a Canton resident, to see so many people protest. And I've said this since day one. I love seeing so many people of so many different races, backgrounds, ethnicities, religion, Um, because it's not just black people marching. It's white men, white women, white boys, white girls, right? I'm talking about people from the ages, kids, five, six years old, to grown people in their 70s marching together, you know, with their signs in unity, lockstep. Like, I love it. And mm-hmm. I think back to when I moved here in 1993, there wasn't that many Black people out here and you were really isolated. So mm-hmm. to see, you know, people you know, really supporting Black Lives Matter and understanding we're not saying Black Lives Matter more or Black Lives are better than yours, that it's Black Lives Matter too and all Absolutely. lives matter unless Black Lives Matter at the same and equal level as all lives.
0: Say it Absolutely again, beautiful. Right.
1: Absolutely beautiful. So I'm very proud of my city. I'm very proud of my neighbors. And I'm going to say this because... It's important, again, to people that are not of color, supporting, thank you. To the Canton Police Department, You please listen up because I, I haven't always had the, the fondest of experiences with the police department here, but you know what? They were very courteous to help organize, help people with parking, steer people in the right directions. Their highs and hellos were on point, And I was very proud to be a resident um, of this city of Canton. And I'm going to share this and then I'll I'll pass the mic. The most beautiful thing I've seen at this protest was a Indian father with his young kids. They couldn't be any older. Maybe one was five and the other was seven. Walking side by side with signs saying Black Lives Matter and speaking openly about Breonna Taylor. Absolutely beautiful to see because they, and this is why I tell people, this goes beyond black and white. This goes mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what these protests are about. And it's, I wanted to go because I wanted people to see, and that's why I had those videos. This isn't looting. This isn't rioting. Looters and rioters are their own people, but these peaceful protests are absolutely beautiful.
0: Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing your experience. I, I told, I think I ended up texting you and missing you. I was like, Oh my God, where I want to go. And we miss one another. So I am ready for the next one. I was right. telling, um, I was telling Charles that I went and bought a poster board and some letters and stuff. And so that I could come home and make, you know, make a, a sign to protest and march with, and my twin nieces were over and you talk about beautiful so one of my nieces, she is very, very, very intuitive. And it's funny because you you guys know it's having siblings. They're, people, they're so polar opposite. So you have yeah. one who's like, yeah, auntie, we need to go out there and, and, and talk to them about how to treat black people because our lives matter. And I was like, yes, KK, your life does matter. Then I have my other one who said, auntie, can we draw our hands on the postcard on the on the on the poster board and I said, what do you mean? Draw your hands. You know, put our hands like hands up because I think it's important to put our hands on there and do a peaceful protest. Oh my how my beautiful folks. is that how beautiful wow. I mean shout out to Cameron. That was nice. Shout out to Cameron and Khadija. Although such different and and for the audience, my twin nieces are 10, 10 years old. Yeah. and just the fact they are so in tune so they're watching you know they're probably having these conversations with their mom with my sister with my nephew you know with my with my other niece and just all of them being together talking about it but sometimes when you talk to kids you don't know if they really get it right you, you don't really right. understand it. they're kids and it's, right. and it's you don't expect a whole lot of it but what I loved about it was just, even though it was so different, was completely different ends of the spectrum, how both they, they were both so in tune to what was going on and understanding why we were protesting. Right. That, you know what I mean? They they right. wanted a purpose of it. They wanted to be a part of it, even if it's just a matter of making, helping me make the poster board. So I, I thought that was beautiful. So when I think about the impact of the protest, Um, while we definitely want legislation, you know, legislative change and we want, uh, we want our voices to be heard. I thought it was so important too, for, and you know, to your point as well, Charles, seeing the young people and seeing the children wanting to be a part of it and not just to be a part of it, just to be a part of it, but really understanding it. So I thought that was, that was so beautiful to me. Um, one of the beautiful things that came out of everything with these protests this past week, Lisa. What
2: about you? Well, for me, when I when I go back and look at the protests, like um, people were saying, they were there are so many opinions about um, protesting, and we did this, and we did that, and we did this, and we did that. Can you guys hear me?
1: Yeah, we can hear yes.
2: you. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. And so he- here here's what. I see. I see then black people marching for equality, for equal rights, for just to be treated like human beings. But there was there was there may have been far few and in between white people mixed in there. This 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 time around, there's like Charles said, there's a mixture of people. Mm-hmm. And so that lets us know that mindsets are changing, though we still have these people that are are in their way because of this learned behavior, whether they feel like it's morally right or not, this is their way and this is what they want to do. But then you have these other people that that have been surrounded by these people. And they still have a moral compass. Hey, this is not right. We're going to do the right thing. It doesn't matter if these people are Black. This is just wrong. So to see to see the different um, backgrounds and the different people of color and culture come together and march together um, peacefully, because there is such a strength in numbers. And one of my cousins, Kevlin, went to, well, a couple of them went to a protest um, this past Saturday I want to say and she said you know what because she said it felt so good to be there she said and all the black people she said we didn't say anything we didn't have to because our We were powerful just us being there, she said. But all the white people were, you know, chanting and saying, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. She said, and we didn't feel like we needed to say anything just because our presence Mm -hmm. spoke for itself. Wow. And yeah, so, you know, that was like so powerful Mm -hmm. to me. You know what I'm saying? And I wish that, I know that the people are angry. We're hurt, but we can't live... We can't live right there. We have to bring about change. Mm-hmm. Change starts with changing our mindsets, changing the way that we respond to things. I just was telling my kids this. Sometimes we just have to be quiet and, and, and figure out another way to get the results that we want because there's, always, there's never just one way. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that once people, you're never going to take the hurt or the anger that's going to be there but if we can control it and we can take that negative energy and turn it into positive energy for the greater good and keep our eyes on the cause the focus i think the rioting would stop i think the looting would stop i think that if people just concentrate on the focus keep our focus our focus and know that we have strength in our numbers and we can change things without violence. You know, it's crazy because people are an eye for an eye or two for a tooth type of thing. You know, that's their, oh, we're angry. We want to kill all of, no, we, it's never going to stop there. It's not, it's just not going to stop. It's not going to bring any change. So we change our mindsets and realize that there's strength in our numbers and that we can accomplish more clear thinking and strategically i think things will begin to change but it, it does have to start somewhere
0: yep. yeah absolutely and and you're right and the thing is with the riots and with the the looting and all of the the negative publicity that comes with that i feel like it, it can it can take away from the message of what we're really trying to convey through a protest and here, absolutely and here's the thing like there and there's a lot of controversy sometimes and I'm sorry, not sorry if that's a controversial statement or if it feels that it's being judgmental because that has come up. That has come up where people are saying that we don't understand, you know, why people are doing it or, you know, that you're talking against the cause. But it's not. What we're saying is that there is a way to, to protest. And some people feel like, well, we've been peaceful and it hasn't worked now. Does the violence, has the violence and the looting and things like that, has it escalated? And, and maybe the powers that be, is it maybe making some people say, whoa, this is getting out of hand. We really have change that needs to be to be made. I, I believe that is probably true, although I don't necessarily condone it, especially when we talk about looting businesses, um, regardless of whether it's our people or not, but especially our people, because our people have been oppressed. Our people have struggled to own businesses. A lot of us, we didn't grow up with um, families who own businesses and things like that. So when people, when our people finally make it, right, you finally make it out of that struggle. You finally get it and you can open a business to to be able. And a lot of times we open our businesses. People open businesses in areas that maybe the insurance is higher or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? So you have all of those disparities so when you finally open a business, you're you getting it going with doing the best that you can with what you have and what you know. And then for someone to come and destroy, it it feels like it sets you back. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I um, there's a lot to be said about that. But I I recently read a quote from Martin Luther King. You guys know that I love that. I love quotes. And this one was about uh, writing. And the quote from Martin Luther King says, and I must say tonight that a riot is the language of the unheard. Yeah. And what is it America has and, and what is it America has failed to hear? It has failed to hear that the promises of freedom and justice have not been met, and it has failed to hear that large segments of white society are more concerned about tranquility and status quo than about justice and humanity. That quote stuck with me. It it stuck with me because I get it. The writing is the language of the unheard. People feel like you have not heard us. We when we tried to do it peacefully, look at Colin. That's a a great example. Yes,
2: excellent example. Absolutely.
0: When Colin, when he tried to when he did, when he kneeled peacefully, it was deemed as disrespectful and disrespectful to the flag, and all, we we made it about everything else than what it was, and it and it really spoke. Like this this quote speaks to that that people in society are more concerned with tranquility, status quo, and and even respecting a a, a thing like a flag or the symbol of a flag than humanity and justice. So, I um I think that a lot has. You know it, it, and and we'll probably one way or the other, rather you are saying, "Hey, let them riot, let them do whatever that needs to make change." At the end of the day, I think between the protests, the riots, the looting, everything has sparked some emotion and evoked some emotion in everybody in America. Rather, absolutely, you, you know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. what, what's been heartfelt? I've loved seeing um, officers kneeling. Oh my God, that part right right there. Give me chills, gives me chills. That gives me chills when I see officers kneeling or going out there with their masks on and they're marching with our people. Like I just, to to any law enforcement people that are listening, if you participated, however you used your voice, I thank you for that. It it was so powerful. Even if they didn't say much, that silence and that presence spoke volumes. You know, yes. so that's kind of my thought on, you know, the the protests and some of the things that are coming out of it. Um, I know that at some point, um, something you know, there's discussions about um, defunding the police departments. Yeah. There's convers- yes. there's conversations about um, making it mandated for body cam. So it yes. is definitely starting to spark some very very important conversations.
1: So let me because. Let me throw this out here really quick, uh, Michelle. So it's funny, right? Because remember when we first talked about this, the first passionate conversation we had where I had Mm told you where I I brought out the criminal justice books. Mm -hmm. Do you realize that I am four for four on all of the major points with regards to, you know, no more chokeholds? That's being kicked out. When I mentioned Mm -hmm. those body cams need to be on and they're now discussing it's a requirement and they're going to start reviewing them, right? It's going to be quality assurance, Mm -hmm. new training. So we talked about, you know, indirectly the police, Mm -hmm. right? And a lot of Mm -hmm. people think defunding the police means that they get no money and they figure it out on their own or the money goes, you know, elsewhere. And that's not what it means. Defunding the police department means that those funds are allocated in a new, more efficient and effective manner. And one of those things being, you know, the training. This is something very interesting. Mm -hmm. To be a police officer, you need 600 hours of training. To be a hairstylist, you need... Mm -hmm. I think it's 14 to
2: 160. Fifteen, 15 hundred hours. 15 oh, yeah. Lisa,
1: no, that's right. Wow. So wow. Fifteen hundred to be a hairstylist or a barber, but yes, six hundred to be a police officer.
2: It doesn't make it can't make sense.
1: Right. Wow. And you know, we talked about, you know, another thing is, you know, there's no more community outreach. Like, dear, keep kids off drugs that's no longer enough community service for these officers. Because if you're swearing to serve and protect in these communities, you need to log in community hours. I think it's very interesting. Michelle, your employer, my... I like employee, that, Charles. Yeah, I mean, let's just be honest. I like that. When I worked... Yeah. When we worked uh, together, it, it was required that we put in X amount of hours. Like, if that mm-hmm. was for the company, you do the same. It should be for mm-hmm. the police. Because I'll tell mm-hmm. you... That, In cities where these police officers have fellowship within the community, it's a lot Mm -hmm. to go in and say, hey, Michael, I know that's you on the corner. Come here, Michael, let's talk. And you have a point of reference and Mm -hmm. with people. That's how you make change.
2: I have a question though, really quick. Do they undergo and and forgive my ignorance, do they undergo any type of evaluation before they are deemed uh uh worthy to be a police officer?
1: Great question. So, in most they do not. Um hmm. that was a, that was I a-
0: think I think they but I think they used to because I was dating a guy who um you know, back in my day um, hey, I was uh, just saying, wait a minute now. A
1: minute. <laughs> right, right. We'll
0: talk about that all the time. <laughs> uh, He was, he was, you know, he was, he was going to the academy, and he talked about having to undergo a psych evaluation, and he even talked about having to cut some ties with some of our other homies from the from our block because they, you know, they 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 had um interesting lifestyles and and ways of earning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there
1: <laughs> so so here's how it works.
0: You know, so so there was they did have to undergo some things, mm-hmm. but and then to your point too, Charles about being involved and being engaged in the community, because when he did, you know, he eventually did become a police officer. He did know a lot of the people in our area because he had he grew up in the community. Yep. You know, so he, he knew a lot of people. Now it's a little different than community service, but I'm just talking about when you have a police officer who's who's ingrained
1: in, in, the, in the
0: community that, the, that they're serving. Yep. You know. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And so mm-hmm. here's the big thing. So there are some initial tests um that are done. I think that it's something that should be done twice a year, maybe three times a year, uh, because that job changes you. That job makes you hard. I think about even in the role of mortgage banking, right? After a while, years and years and years of dealing with clients, after a while, you became hard and insensitive or insensitive to certain things because you currently, like you constantly take that jab. It's no different. Yeah. You're,
0: you're, you're talking about that, that desensit getting desensitized. Yes. Yeah. And, and and that happens. And I, and, and you're, I 100% agree because I think not only should it be a one and done, you take an evaluation, you pass the academy, you go jump through some loop hurdles and and go through all your drills. And I don't want to diminish it or minimize it because I don't know all the particulars, but I don't think it should be a one and done. And especially, especially now there needs to be some reevaluation of what those drills and that training looks like. What are those recertifications look like if they even exist right absolutely what do what what kind of um what kind of a assimil- simulations do we do right do we do should we assimilate a, a riot should we assimilate a situation where you you are forced. That's to a
2: in. oh, that's a good oh. You you learned something right there, cause you know what I'm saying. Yes, I'm,
0: I've been saying that from day one. We Definitely. I'm not every talking about every
2: I'm four not, months. Like, every four months they yeah, should do. this. I'm not
0: talking about just your diversity and inclusion when we get in a room and we watch a video and then we talk yeah, no. about our feelings. No, no, no. I'm talking about an assimilation. And whether you know about it or we train you for it, and then it's random, however, that whatever that looks like, it's almost like when a health inspector comes in unexpected, right. you don't know they're coming, or, yes. or you, when when companies get surprise audits, yes. maybe I'm sending you know, if you are whether you're an African American officer, whatever your race is, I maybe I'm sending someone who doesn't look like you. And I'm putting you in an environment or a situation to see how you handle it. Maybe that is the simulation. You know what I mean. But there needs to be
2: something. I think we need to come up with how to submit that. I think yeah. that is an excellent idea. Um, caught off guard mm-hmm. and it's right there. Um, and that's going to show you. That'll show you somebody's ugly real fast.
0: Oh, you're, because
2: you're they're not outrageous. prepared
0: they're not and you know do you know they always say is that the true character people show their true character when they don't think people are watching
2: yeah absolutely you absolutely. know absolutely i think that simulations mm-hmm. and every 4 months um eva- evaluation mm-hmm. if if that's, these are great ideals and we need to figure out okay so now that we've come up with these ideals that we think may solve a problem or Begin to to close a problem down. How mm-hmm. do we submit them? How do we how do we get someone to hear? Um, because we can talk about it here, but if we we need to put some type of action behind that, that it's good yeah. that we're doing this together. Right. We, now that now that we are having a a, a meeting of the minds, we we don't we don't need to stop there. We need to figure out a way to get this to someone that can probably implement what we're what we're saying here. Yeah. And maybe it's
0: maybe it's writing letters to our representatives, maybe it's sending letters to the mayor's office. Maybe you you know what? And I and, and I don't know him personally, but I'm gonna tell you who I got mad respect for. Mm-hmm. I have mad respect for Chief Craig. Mm-hmm. Where, I, um, where I almost feel like if we wrote a letter or called and and just say hey we're we're concerned citizens and we have some ideas that we want to toss your way i feel that he would at least be receptive i understand that there's bureaucracy and there's hierarchy and all this other stuff that they have to follow and i believe the police is unionized so i know that adds a whole nother element of things but you're right lisa and i you know i'm willing to to do that to be a part of that where we sit down and we write something. Maybe it's an, a well e- a, a well-crafted email when we're together on Friday. Yes. That we sit down and I'm we talk some ideas. I, I love it. I'm and definitely then, for that. And then talking about that, you know, one of the things that you know we were talking about was relationships with the police officers. I think that's a great way to start building a relationship. I talked about the um the 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 officer who talked to my nephew when he was walking down right. seven mile and gave him you know, a different impression of what cops could, could, could be like, right. You know, that every cop is not bad. And that, you know, there are some really good officers out here, but I know Charles, you and I had talked about it briefly, you know, you, you've had some perspectives from people, even African Americans who have this, you know, this really negative attitude of hating the, the police officers. I don't like to use that word because it's ugly right? and it, it perpetuates the things that, that have us in our country, and our people in the state that we are, it is the word hate. But I when you but when you use that word, that's pretty strong. Yeah. You know, you wanna share like some of the conversations or experiences that yeah. you've had from people who feel that way? So,
1: you know, it's it's unique, right? Because when all of this started it was Black Lives Matter and then when the riots, you know, quote-unquote, began from the peaceful protest. I'm going to say it until I can't say it anymore. Protests aren't riots and riots aren't protests. But, you know, mm-hmm. people started to realize, like, okay, we started to see all of these videos of the police being ultra-aggressive, right, towards mm-hmm. 75-year-old men, being ultra-aggressive towards women, right, being ultra-aggressive where in New York, the two SUVs ran over people in the street, that were behind the barricades. And so it became a thing where like people were speaking against the police. And I had some people who happened to be white say, Man, why did black people, why do you guys hate the police so much? So I, because we don't. So I, I don't. And if you're so I'm an
0: African American. I don't. I'm
1: gonna say this publicly. Black people don't hate the police. But there are a lot of black people that have a problem that the only interaction they have with the police is negative, is negative. and that's, that's why right. that community outreach is mandatory. If you want to have more people on your side, right, just like how politicians politic for our vote, mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. way these politicians come out to the community and shake hands and kiss babies, please. Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. telling you that you need to come out and kiss babies. But you, there are times where you simply, like, I, like, I, for instance, I love during the holidays when the police do the random pullovers and give people gift cards and say happy holidays.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. Or Do you yep. guys remember when the police were doing, oh, what song was that? And they were doing the dance and they were doing, and it was a particular dance that they were doing and they were videotaping it. And I think Detroit did it down by the water. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to find it. You guys don't remember that? Maybe if it wasn't last year, maybe a couple years ago, with the police officers, there was a popular song. Oh, I think of you. I think that is, is that it? I don't y'all know what I'm talking. Oh, uh, okay. I want to be to be. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to
2: keep going because I know if that was right. Yeah, no, I, but no.
0: I think that's the song. But whatever it was they were doing. Remember, they did like a little routine. And then they posted videos, and the community was so. Uh, people thought it was funny. People, right. It got a lot of views because it was nice to see the police as normal, normal beings. human beings. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it, it, that's doing it.
0: normal everyday stuff. Yeah,
1: if you make yourself human, right? Like if you show people that you are human, because police are human. People don't want to mm-hmm. hate the police, and and the reality is, is that. Policing in the police is a necessary service, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, yes, yeah. and like, i not, I, I'm not trying to be a tough guy, but like, if something happened at my home, I don't know if I would personally call the police. I don't feel like having anybody ask me, am I the real homeowner or where's the real homeowner? I am the real homeowner, man. And listen, maybe I have sometimes a negative outlook of the police, but I believe in certain constitutional rights that I can defend my own home. Everyone is not as capable as I am in most instances to defend themselves and their home. So that's why I tell people- so
0: what would you say so so what would you say to those people to not to not to detract but but what would you say to those people who asked you that or who think that black people hate the police what would you say if, if it's not the word hate what word would you use to describe if you could complete the sentence the black people feel blank about police at least i want you to think
1: about the sentence black people feel less than neutral about the police right now again it's a what, is ne- that,
2: no, well, what does that mean
1: less so neutral. less than neutral what that means is right like we understand that the police are a necessary part of the community right like if you take the police out of it i 100 percent know that murder would go up theft would go up Foolishness would rise. I know that, right? Yeah, like those
0: are all. Those are all all facts. All facts pretty, pretty common facts. All yeah. facts,
1: yeah. but I can tell you on the same accord, right? How many times have people a car was stolen there? And I hate to say this, but like for instance, there were rapes, or I mean, how many times have we heard there were murders in Detroit, and the cops have taken hours to get there? How many times have so,
0: you... So, so so. if I could interject here, Charles, what what you're saying, and, and and I think, and this is my perspective as well, Black people don't trust the police and Black people devalue the police. i want to go because, with devalue best. Yeah, because you feel like, what's the purpose? Almost like, and, yes. you know, well, what's the purpose of me calling them? They're not going to come. Or by the time I call them it'll be over yes. by the time I. to your point, Charles, you know, they take hours by the time this happens. So what's the purpose? Right. Yeah. So it's almost like they devalue and they don't um, people devalue the police. And I think a lot of people don't respect. They lack respect.
1: I think I think the better if- word is a lot of people feel as if the cops are not dependable. They're not reliable, right? Too many cases go unsolved. It take I can tell you this for a fact. You call the police, I don't care where you live in Detroit, you call the police, take the response time there versus the response time in a in, in, in for instance, my city, Canton. I, I told you when that drunk driver almost hit me at two in the morning, legit. I called the police and said, "Hey, there's a, a, a you know a SUV swerving in the lane." They said, "Are you uh, clear enough to follow?" I said, "Yeah, I, I'm good." That cop car was behind him inside of 60 seconds. Now I get that Canton is a much and again that's
0: your the and, and again that's your unicorn city. I, I was mean, gonna, gonna say that because just like in just like in my area, <laughs> I live in Livonia, and, and it is a completely different dynamic that. Lavonia police, their response time, their and the the crime that they're fighting, the um how busy they are in mm-hmm. so many words. Like their their availability. That's the word I wanna say. Their availability
2: I must say though, different. East Point East Point is not far behind. I mean, they they're very responsive, but again, this is mm-hmm. they're small, so I yeah. I have them I'm not gonna say at my disposal, but I kinda do. You know what I'm saying? Versus yeah. mm-hmm. Versus the big city of Detroit, or some of these other major cities, yeah, or like
0: Chicago, New York, yeah. or
2: so, uh, yeah,
0: Philly, something like that. The, the those police officers don't have the bandwidth, no, to maybe come in quick. Well, so they have to go. They have to. It's almost like when you have to prioritize something and say, "Damn, I'm sorry that this happened to this person over here," and we'll get over there. But I gotta. 211 over here or 187 over here you know mm-hmm. i think i'm a cop no, so you know yeah I'm but so fine. right
1: there though michelle <laughs>
0: that's fine. Yeah, but no but no i'm being funny but i'm just saying like they've got these different more high
1: priority yep i get I'm it
0: crying
1: so that's yeah. why it's so important when people are talking about defunding the police that we truly understand what that means right because the finance side of me And then you take the analytical side of me for, you know, what I've learned in my second career path, right? Like I think of this, when I hear defunding the police and understanding what's going on, I want to say, okay, show me the budget. Okay. Now let's look at this budget and let's see where are we putting the most money? Where are we putting the least money? Okay. Now show me what is our greatest, right? Because I think that I've heard something like, for instance, in New York, there is like 37 million occurrences that they're responsible for. I want to say, okay, how many of X happens? How many of X happens? What is our response time? Let's put that on, let's put that in a spreadsheet and let's start looking at these data points, right? Like, do we have too many resources in low crime areas where we could pull officers and put them here at the border here? So
0: like- Now here, now, here, now here's where I'm going to stop you again because this this is where sometimes I think of the our disconnect comes. Okay, you, you, you are that guy that you're going to get your spreadsheet and you want to look at the numbers and you want to figure out how it's going to be reallocated. The people are people yeah. who don't have a certain privilege, yes, and our people who don't live in certain communities and who don't have certain skills. When they hear defund the police or anything that we need to do to the police, all that they care about is retribution. They mm-hmm. care about accountability. Yes. And they care they care about seeing some change that they can speak to and that they can see. So they want them held... They want them... No, let me finish. They want them held accountable. They, the, when, so when, when people are, you know, and sometimes maybe people will get on the bandwagon and don't understand it. I'll be completely honest. I didn't know what it was. I had to look it up and then you and I talked about it. So I couldn't get on the bandwagon of something that I don't understand. That's why I... Like I'm completely that girl. Like, hold on, let me go look this up or let me go look up this word and yeah. look up this term before I just want to get in on the bandwagon because I need to understand it. So, but but the majority of the people, and while that particular topic will probably come from someone like you who is numbers driven, who is resource thinking about resource allocation, but to the people in the street and the in the in the and the people who aren't as well off or, or who don't have that skill set. These people whose families have lost someone—they're saying, "I want you to do whatever it takes yes. to get these police under understand- so you, you do the
2: numbers. We, we not—they're not trying to. Their mind isn't even right there. So, so yeah. there's a definite disconnect there because because that's your thing, though, Charles. And I'm not attacking you in any way. I'm just uh, no, not at all. You know what I'm saying? That's your thing. The people, like, like you know, Shell said they want they want some results. They want to whoever gonna figure it out, figure
1: it out. So here's where, here's where, like, when we talk about accountability, because for me, right, like, now that this is something that is being legislated by Governor Whitmer, right, like, and like you said, the police are unionized. We have Chief Craig. This is one of those things, knowing that the world is demanding change, right, like Mm -hmm. they, we the people need to hold them accountable to say, hey, now you guys are talking about defunding the police I would have liked to honestly, because Whitmore is the one that's going out and putting this into legislation at the advisement of Mayor Duggan and 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 Chief Craig. They need to say, hey, now you're saying this is what you want to do now. They should be doing press conferences, telling the people, hey, because. Like you said, you shouldn't hear about defunding from me. This is something that by the time it goes into legislation, I now have an expectation that those in authority should be sharing this information with Mm -hmm. the public. And then when they devise these plans, they need to communicate with us, the people that this impacts. Hey, when we say defund, we're recognizing that we're spending too much money in these areas and we want to bring attention here and resources here which is going to lower x y and z so i get like it's one of these things i think now like you said we want to send letters to people we want to tell them hey we want to focus on this we want a solution on this and we expect you to be able to communicate with us the people what that means and looks like
0: that's and, and that's the important part you have to communicate it to the people, and you have to communicate it in their language. Yeah, you and and when and when I say their language, and and I, I say that because we we all have different um, educational backgrounds, we all have different upbringings. We we talked about this before. We we all have differences in the way that we articulate things, and so it is important. You don't want someone standing up there reading something in in such a way with with all of this 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 verbiage and right. using the rhetoric that people will go, wait, what did she just mm-hmm. say? I just want to know what's finished. you know what I mean? Keep and it's it simple. and it's not too Yeah, they, we you have to keep it simple because we we do, whether it's our culture or not, you have to be able to speak to people in their language. Yeah, you absolutely. know so but I, I but I but I definitely want to talk about that. And I, we only got about maybe five, ten minutes left, but I definitely want to talk about that because I think it's super important. And when you brought up the some of the people in their their perceptions that black people hate police. I wanted to just clarify that that is not the truth. That is, that is absolutely not the truth. I, you know, I respect, first of all, I respect the, the job of a police officer because every day that they get up, put on their uniform and go outside, regardless of what their beliefs are, their biases, Whatever their upbringing may have done to them, because hatred and racism starts at home. And I, mm-hmm. that is my, that is my belief. That I just, that, that is you, I won't change my stance on nope. that. But every time they walk out the door, they have a different type of fear of, of coming back home and returning home to their loved ones, whether they're a black cop or a white cop. So I respect the role and, and just the responsibilities and duties of an officer. I don't hate. Officers, I don't hate anyone. What I I despise officers who bring their biases to the right. office, so to so to speak. Absolutely, you know I, mean? I I despise that they can't separate this this person is this, this human being. I don't care the color of their skin. I may not like you. I may not want to hang out with you, and I may think that you're the scum of the earth. But because you are a human being, and I took an and oath I, have to I have a moral compass. I have a moral compass. That's right to protect and serve. That I need to let this bias go, you know? So I, I just, I definitely wanted us to talk about that because that is not a broad brush. Black people do, do not. Now, if you were to talk to my husband about that, that's a whole different story. But but because, to your point, Charles, his experience. Mm, was
2: different, yeah.
0: When, you know, when we first, when we bought our house and we moved to the South Redford area, right near Livonia, and we we were the only African-Americans on our block when we bought our home at that time. And our neighbors were really, really nice, really welcoming. It was when, you know, he may be on his way home or in the middle of the night if it was a little late or whatever the situation, when nightfall hit, it was just like the the stories he would share with me. And I have to be honest with you, I didn't believe it at first. I'm thinking, no, that's not true. That's not happening because that was not my experience right. as a black woman in our predominantly you know, white community. Mm-hmm. That was not that was not my experience. No. So I had a I had a hard time with get out of here. No, why would somebody do that? Well I, I admit I was a little naive to it. And Lisa and I had a really good conversation a few weeks ago about privilege. Mm-hmm. Right? And we we talk about you know we talk about white privilege, but let's just be real. I'm gonna be very vulnerable and transparent here that I think that And I realized it was like an aha moment that I have had a certain level of privilege Mm -hmm. where I was a little disconnected from some of the things and the plight of my people and, and, you know, thinking, wanting to see the good and I've always been that person. I wanted to see the good in people and how, no, why would somebody treat somebody like that? That hasn't been my experience. I'm black. So what do you mean that happened? Right. And, You know, so it was just like a reality check. And Lisa, you know, that's what you got to have people in your life that you can just keep it real with and and show your whole heart to and cry with and laugh with and just be real with. And she's and she said, cousin, with all due respect, you, you, you haven't gone through a lot of things that maybe a lot of our people have. not so sometimes you don't understand. Mm -hmm. And. And I, and I said, but I want to. So that's, you know, me talking a little bit more about it, getting more involved, researching a little bit more. I read, you know, I think I mentioned it before, I read that Jay-Z book and it wasn't, it wasn't as about Jay-Z as I thought it was, but it was a great read because Michael Eric Dyson talked about um, the, the rhetoric that, you know, that Jay-Z talks about in his music and where it comes from the plight of our people. He talks about bright hustling versus black hustling and all Like it was so educational. I recommend you talk about reading something about our culture and our history of, of oppression and how as people, we've turned that into art to, to um, express ourselves. Like it was so enlightening for me. Sometimes I would sit and read and be so engrossed that I couldn't move. But back to the privilege side of it, I think that that is just as real some, with some of us as black people when we talk about white privilege. And when we talk about privilege, it's not to say that you haven't gone through the struggle or that you haven't worked hard for the things that you have. That that That's not the case because, you know, regardless of your race, your background or whatever, we all have had to bust our butt, work hard at some point to get the things that we want out mm-hmm. of my life. But when, but when we talk about privilege, it's just about having not having certain experiences that other people, other races or cultures have. Or even in my case, people in my own race have had that I just didn't relate to. You know, and Charles and I, we talked about it. And I think that's why, too, why when you talk about yourself and Canton and all the, the your skills and the things that you're great at, which is amazing. I think that those are are great qualities that could help uplift some people in our community. You know, I know you do some mentoring with young men and things like that. Like those are the kind of things that we need because unfortunately not everybody grew up with that. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad wasn't in my life. I didn't have, but I had my grandfather and I had uncles, but they were not business owners. They didn't teach me. They didn't have stock portfolios. They couldn't teach me about that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They didn't they didn 't have those things, so they couldn 't teach me those things now, humble beginnings in our house when I was little, yes, so when we finally got a, a good house and my mom got a good job, and my sister and I were able to endure, you know just really able to enjoy some fruits of my mom 's labor, yeah, we you know we probably did start to experience some privilege, but even between a difference between my sister and I, environmental difference right. You know, those environmental differences, too. So I, I think that, you know, as we, we talk about our, you know, our, our our white community, how they've been allies. We've been talking a lot about privilege and things like that. I think it's just very important to understand and to, and to actually own the fact that even some of us may have some privilege.
2: Absolutely. You know, that's, absolutely. Yeah, that's real. And you know what? If I yeah. may, I would just like to to just to retouch on this, about defunding the police. Um, I think that they should take money and invest it into the communities and create, you know, open back up these recreation centers for these young kids. They don't have anywhere to go. Everything is being shut down. We want to keep them off the... You know, it's, it's unfortunate because like you said, people are not privy to certain things. You know what I mean? Like I had... Aunts and uncles to show me different things. I had your mom, I had you. I, you know what I mean. I didn't have my mother to show me that there were there were better things out there for me. So if they create um, places in the community that that will encourage these kids um that will help them stay busy because the uh, idle mind is the devil's workshop if they don't have anything to do they out here running the streets with riffraff and they doing the wrong stuff and then now they're getting in trouble you know if we can invest into the community stop closing the schools pay these teachers what they are worth um but yeah. you know have funding for kids that their parents cannot afford school supplies and things of that nature. You know what I mean? Like, and, and if Lisa, they take this and, money in and put it where it's really needed, I think a lot of things would start to change. But again, it has to start somewhere. Somebody somewhere has to give a damn.
0: And, and Lisa, and to your point with community centers and things like that, those things are great. But, but, if, but if we're ever going to try to get to a place where, excuse me, we try to bridge the gap in relationship build relationships with law enforcement, they've gotta be they do agree. Let them get let, let them get in many yes. programs. Yes, I for it. And, 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 and you gotta get out your comfort zone. You know what I mean? You gotta you can't just have the black cops in no, the black it, community. No. That's fine. You you gotta you gotta you gotta mix them up a little bit because diversity is super, super important. And so and I know that we can we can definitely we'll definitely want to talk some more about that. There's so much with everything with this racial injustice. the 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 heat is rising in our nation right now, and there's so many things that we could talk about. We're all passionate about the same topic, but so many different yeah. portions. You know what I mean? Like so and many different perspectives that falls under this, um, uh, under in different perspectives. And I love that we respect each other's different perspectives. Um, one thing before we wrap up, um, and just kind of talk about what's next, and you know we're gonna we, we want to keep the conversation going and because it can't just be a one and done. And and here's the thing, these are heavy topics. And at some point, yeah, you know, people can start to say, okay, enough is enough, but when is enough really enough? You know right. what I mean? Like, I I think that um that'll change over time for different people, but there's still some, a, a lot of good conversation to, to be had. And, and before we wrap this conversation up, Charles, I know that you and I were talking about, um, you know, just just like even a message to our white community um, who rally and who stand with us. And then you mentioned Karens in America. So before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to talk about that. So
1: Karens in America, you know, we just seen the uh, you know, the the woman um, and I, I guess I should start here. So if you're not familiar with what the Karens are Karens are women who by the social media post are white women who look to complain in some sort of fashion to create trouble. And usually there is a falsehood or complete bias to the claim. So we just seen the, uh, the white woman who uh, threatened the black man to call the cops and say that he threatened her life and her dog's life who did not make that threat, but it was her,
0: the guy who was uh, the guy who was he bird was bird
1: watching. watching yep, right. and mm-hmm. so you know you had that incident. Then there was another incident recently where a woman in a neighborhood, uh, she happened to be white, and the delivery driver for I want to say he was with Amazon or UPS, one of the two. Um, she told him that he didn't look like he belonged there wanted him to go get a uh, supervisor, call a supervisor or have another supervisor from either Amazon or UPS come to the neighborhood because this gentleman didn't look like he belonged there as he was delivering packages. And what, is
0: that, and what, and what, is that, what does that even look like? Did you look, right. you know, like that? Right. That's a whole And guy the, guy. the thing is,
1: <laughs> this was a big neighborhood, so they, they travel in twos. So when his partner, who happened to be white, um had come back she started speaking to him and was like yeah is he with you he doesn't look like he belong here he this the the partner plays manager and he's listening to how absurd this woman is being but it's funny because once she, once the, the the white guy his partner verifies and validates that he works there well okay it, it's okay that he's here now but you he he should you know uh he should have a better way of verifying himself. Um, just we so. What do you sir so,
0: so so? What do you with those examples? What do you want to say about the this stereotype? I'm gonna call it this stereotypical phrase or description of the so Karens. I, I think that's very stereotypical, but you know that's my, Karens that's my to, to, what to do you, all. What do you want to say? What do you want to
1: to all the that? Karens? Stop, stop it. right like you're you're judging you're you're judging people based off of their appearance whether they belong there or do not belong like stop it you're making false claims and allegations that someone threatened your life like a man could be killed because you make a false claim in the park about bird watching and saying that this man threatened your life the cops could aggressively pursue him he tells them, "Hey, hey, I didn't do anything." They're saying, "Why? You know, they could come back. Why are you resisting? Anything could happen." Agree, okay. um, okay. Yeah. You know, one last current. Yeah. Any, any. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I, I was just. Were you, were you finished with? The I Karen? one I'm more Karen example.
2: Karen. I feel. I mean, like, I don't
0: even know. I, I don't even know how to. I mean, yeah, I mean, it is it.
2: a bit, I will, I will agree with you because it's a bit stereotypical, but.
0: I know that, they, I say get that it. they say that the internet is under, they say that the internet is undefeated, but that's just like, you know, if you know, if if there was a name for you know, what, what the, for the Tamika, yeah, or I get you, it, you know what I mean. So, or, my understanding is, Shani- oh, 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 no, or the or the Shanika, yeah, yes, you, you know yes. what I mean?
1: like, you so know, I have you know, to say. I don't think it was black people that created the Karens. So Karens, the the joke started with white women that would be like, I want to talk to the manager. So it was actually white people that created the joke of the Karens. But I digress. The last instance of this Karens, (laughs) there's been instances where black men live in certain affluent areas, like uh, high rise condos and things like that. And, Karen's are following them, demanding that they show their key and their ID and tell them where which apartment they live in. It ain't right. Stop it.
2: I I agree with you, Charles. But I I just want to leave off with this. We've uh, we've all gone through so much in our lives. Today is today in the world and history has been very unfortunate, very sad, very hurtful that it just lives. You know what I'm saying? This, this racism and this this hatred, this, this stuff has an actual heartbeat. It's unfortunate. Yeah. However, mm-hmm. what I am yeah. glad to see is I love to see biracial couples, whether they be Black and uh, Hispanic or his, the Chinese, Filipino, white black I love to see I love to see it because that means that everybody is just not how they used to be. Things things have changed and they keep trying to who are they? The people that don't want to see change, the people that live in hate, the people that have hate in their heart. They live, they breathe it, right? But it's mm-hmm. but but we have mm-hmm. to look at some things have changed. We have come a long way. And absolutely, we, and we cannot they're, keep they're living through. in they're, they're what our through. ancestors went through. We will never forget it. No one, no one will ever be able to tell us to forget what our ancestors endured. Ever, but yeah. how can we progress if we're still living right there? Right. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, Lisa, and I think that's a, I think that's a, a great way to end it, that, you know, we, we talked about a lot of things, protests, we talked about Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, we talked about, you know, people and, and African Americans and, and our perceptions or our attitudes toward the police and, you know, um, Black men being falsely accused of things by white women who want to be, you know, spiteful and You know, we thanked our our white um, community for being allies. Like we talked about so many good things. And I thank you both for sharing your perspectives as always. I I love that we can have healthy dialogue and and even sometimes healthy conflict, but we Mm -hmm. don't always agree. But just to everybody that's listening out of everything we talk about, whether, you know, you agree or disagree with how we say it, the words we use, the way we describe it, our communication, whatever it may be the message is the same as that only love can drown out hate and only light can drown out the darkness and that it has been a very dark time in our nation. And we just want to challenge each and every one of you to just take a look at yourself, take a look at yourself. And if you're doing some things to let your voice be heard, to speak for equality at the end of the day, it's about equality, right? Right. If you're doing something, taking a stand, use them, whether it's your platform, your voice, a protest, um, our podcast, talking to your kids, whatever you're doing, our, our nation is, is, is we're, we're unsettled right now. And it, it's, it's hot. It's hot. And we, we need change. We need equality. And we're not saying that at the end of the day, we're all going to walk away and be friends and hold hands and, 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 and sing kumbaya together. But just to be able to show that th- that our generation in t- in 2020 we've all we all just battled the coronavirus hitting a nation that had no 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 boundaries no barriers no color prep you know granted African Americans may have caught it at a despair you know at a disproportionate rate however this virus was so deadly it didn't care what your right. race was That's right. right? It, it didn't, it didn't care how much, it didn't care how much money you made. It didn't care what city we, and as a nation, we had to come together as a, as a, as a yes. world, you know, come through that. And, and I, and, and racism is, is so embedded in our history that a lot of people feel like it'll never change. But I, I just, I just pray that everybody just finds something in their heart to, to just try, to just try to change your perspective to try to be a little bit kinder to people and just to look at every single human being, whether they're black, white, Chinese, or Indian as a human being. And thank you all as usual, as usual for listening to the wonder women wind down. We are going to be live on Facebook this Friday. That is our plan to be live at seven o'clock, 7 PM Eastern time. So we hope that you guys will join us. Uh, We hope that you'll stream and take a listen to the show beforehand. And, you know, we'll talk about some of this again and hopefully you'll engage with us um, and drop some comments because we, we definitely appreciate that community engagement. Helpful Helpful baby.
2: Mr. Officer, Mr. Officer, you're the killer. Mr. Officer, what if that was my
0: checked and sir. Y'all taking us off of the earth. I see the police and they fuck with my nerves. They pulling me over. I'm showing them both of my hands and watching my words. I got insurance. No warrants. He pointing his gun like he want to blow it. Tell me why we got to die. He went for his wallet. Reached for a gun. You think that's some city to try? On a cop? He can't breathe and you still choking him. Man, why would he lie? Yo, knee in his neck. You ain't got to do all that. It's one of your five. R.I.P. Mr. Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer. Mr. Officer. What
2: if that was my brother, what if that was my
0: dad? what if it was my sister, yeah. Ooh, oh, oh. They put that badge on and feel like they better than us. Right now it's seeming like their job is to make it tragic for us. Crazy part about it, it only happened to us. They brought us here against our will, now they ain't happy with us, that's crazy. Now they talking about beating. Let people do what they do I see a lot of people not saying nothing Like, what if that shit was you, huh? What if that was your brother? What if that was your dad? What if that was your son? What if that was all you had, huh? Mr. Officer Mr. Officer